Welcome to the Send Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training and performance. Welcome everyone to the next installment of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your hosts, Brian and Peter. And today we're going to talk about the healthy oil choice for your horse, Omega 3, 6 and 9, and also our flagship Send Oil product. How are you, Peter? Brian, I'm fantastic today. How's your, how's your day coming along? I'm good. I want to send a special um, hello to all our international listeners that, that we've noticed have been, um, have been listening to us over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. it's, it's good that they're finding some, some benefit from the podcast and we are getting a lot of good comments and feedback from, from our listeners overseas and, and in Australia as well. Yeah, I think from as far as California and Texas Wow, in the data. So We're getting global, Brian. Yeah, hope everyone's okay in America. Yeah, stay safe. Yep. So Brian, um, over to, to our podcast today, um, fat is fat, so check your oils. So what do we mean by omega-3, omega-6 and, and omega-9 just briefly? Yeah, so fat's an excellent calorie source for horses, but you also have to make sure that the omega profile is what is more natural for a horse. So, well, you've got omega-3 and you've got omega-6 and you've got omega-9 and in a horse's natural setting on pasture, they're getting a lot more omega-3 than omega-6. Um, omega-9 can be made by the horse. I think it's a non-essential one, but omega-3 and omega-6 need to be in the diet and they need to be in a better balance than, they need to be in a balance similar to fresh pasture, which is for their natural profile. Great point. Once they're back, basically, fat is an excellent source of calories. Many listeners might not know this, but it's got more than twice the calories offered by carbohydrates and protein, um, which makes it a great way to help your horse meet its energy needs, whether it's in training or, or performance. The take-home message is unlike sugary and starchy feeds like oats or, or sweet feeds or even grain-based products, um, fat doesn't create insulin highs and lows, um, it doesn't create any negative behavior, um, doesn't increase the risk of laminitis, um, and it doesn't destroy the microbial population in the hindgut. Um, but as Brian mentioned just before, um, that not all fat sources are, you know, are created equally. Yeah, and fat is a good thing to include in the diet in, in an oil or a healthy oil form. So say you're feeding 300 grams of barley or a, a, a starch grain or that, you can easily replace it with 100 to 150 mil of a healthy oil type or one that's rich in omega-3 and that's going to match the calories but not give you the sugar high or insulin response all that fizz basically brian that could yeah. that could come from a from a um, from a starchy feed yeah exactly with omega-3 and omega-6 what, what's the difference so omega-3 promotes anti-inflammatory properties within the horse and omega-6 is more pro-inflammatory or more reactive um, to inflammation so what we're trying to do is yes get back to nature look at how pasture is the profile is roughly three or four to one so more three or four times omega-3 to one omega-6 and this is what we're trying to do to to help decrease inflammation so basically, Brian, omega-6 is very easily to get in a horse's diet where it's present in a lot of the grains, a lot of the, the grain byproducts and a lot of the commercial feeds, um, even in a lot of the oils. So, so omega-6 is, is abundant in the diet where we find it that the omega-3 is the missing link. Yeah, 100%. It's nearly the last piece of the puzzle. 
and for a horse to fully thrive in a domestic setting like they're on hay which is also deficient in omega-3 when they get the omega-3 into the diet then they start turning a corner so maybe briefly let's just discuss some um, in general some of the benefits of, of omega-3s they are very important constituents of all cell membranes in the horse's body their primary need is for the inflammatory response and that anti-inflammatory effect so apart from the anti-inflammatory effects it helps balance the immune system has a protective effect on joints and ligaments it can decrease nervousness so because of the, not the sugar high or the the insulin response improves heart and blood vessel health uh, skin allergies and also inflammatory airway diseases. Also maintaining hair and hoof health is important. It's very good for the gut health and also with stallions with their sperm motility and speed. Well, we've just got a, a video testimonial from, from one of our good clients in, in Qatar um, with their stallion who, who basically dropped his fertility to a, to a really low and dangerous level. Um, and it was, I think, either eight or, or nine weeks they, they, they redid the, um, the sperm count and then he was back up to close to 70, 80%. Yeah, it was interesting to note, I think that they were also previously feeding an omega-3 oil, but it was an animal-based one instead of a plant-based. Correct, correct. I think it was more a, a fish oil-based one. Yeah, and just getting back to nature, you can really see it, the conversion pathways are being driven inside the horse. So getting a good plant-based omega-3 source into the diet is having really good positive effects, particularly in the stallions. Um, Brian, so as an example, one of our listeners at the moment is whether they're feeding a rice bran oil or a, or a vegetable oil or, or a soybean oil. Um, for, for listeners that don't know what's good, what's bad, maybe let's just summarize um, maybe some of the oils that are very common in the industry. Yeah, so I think when we entered the market, we noticed particularly trainers just adding a cooking oil from the supermarket to their feed and we were a little bit taken back because once you look into these uh, oils like rice bran oil used for cooking how they're extracted and their omega-3 to omega-6 profile is not really suited to the horse's makeup and what brian means by the extraction process is a lot of those oils are solvent extracted um, where, where the senol is is cold pressed so brian do you want to just go through just the basic process of what solvent extraction is yeah, so to get the oil from, say, the rice kernel and to like to extract it, they need to expose it to harsh chemicals, which is very, very unnatural. And then that extracts the oil out. And even like terms like cold filtered, it's, it's still getting exposed to chemicals. And some of those chemical residues would have to still be in the oil, even if it's at a minute amount. Yeah. It's just not a natural way to extract oil. Yeah, and they're designed to have high smoke points. So they're designed for cooking stir fries or those, those things. Well, it's another can of worms. Like as a human, you shouldn't really have, have that as well. But they're, they're designed for cooking and we're giving it to an animal as a fat source, which is very diluted. Like the omega profile is only 2% omega-3 and then it's 32% uh, omega-6. And, and that's still debatable, you know, in terms of say rice bran oil at, at 2%. By going through that chemical extraction process, does that 2% omega-3 even survive through the process? Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a gray area. Yeah, so when choosing a fat source, 
you want to have the full opposite profile, which is going to be more beneficial for your horse. So if, if one of our listeners is looking at, um, you know, at purchasing an oil for the, for the horse or, or the dog or animals in general, it's paramount to look for an oil that's been cold pressed and not solvent extracted. A lot of the vegetable oils in the supermarket, um, whether it's you know, sunflower oil, whether it's corn oil, soy or, or canola, 99% of them are solvent extracted. Uh, we haven't found one yet that's been, that's been cold pressed. Um, so Brian, maybe let's just go through briefly the omega-3 to omega-6 um, percentages of the most common oils on the market today. Yeah, so with rice bran oil, the omega-3 is 2%, omega-6, 32. Um, so it's the, it's the wrong ratio, or it's the wrong, wrong ratio compared to pasture. So canola oil only has 11% omega-3. Soy oil or soybean oil is 8%. Corn oil is 1% and sunflower oil is 1%. Plus your coconut oils are just saturated fat, so they're 0%. And that's the, and that's the kicker for me. Like most people think coconut oil has got quite a bit of omega-3, but it actually has got zero. Yeah, it's, it's all saturated fat. So, so summarising nose oils compared to the sen oil um, at an average of, of about 60% omega-3, um, as the listeners can, can, can realise, it's a huge difference. You know, if, you, if you've got 1% in corn oil and you've got 60% in sen oil, that's almost 60 times more omega-3 per, yeah. per mil. It's, it's huge. Yeah, 100%. You, you get what you pay for. Like people go to the supermarket, $12 for four litres of rice bran oil, you're getting no omega-3, you're getting 2%. You have to feed 30 times that to equal the sen oil amount of omega-3. So you, you times your $12 by 30 and it just, it's a ripple. It's, yeah, it doesn't make sense to no. do it. And it's an unhealthy profile as well. So yeah, it, there's a lot of negatives to feeding the vegetable oils and the cooking oils. And what we're trying to promote is going more natural, no chemical extraction, all cold press, and also having that omega-3 stabilized. So the stabilization comes through the quality of the flax seeds or linseeds and also the antioxidant profile. So basically the sen oil, we, um, we guarantee the omega-3 for up to three months at room temperature. Yeah, so storage is, is important. So with all nutrients, all even in your feed sheds and that, they should be kept at a temperature below 30 degrees. And if you can, you can keep it in the fridge as well and that will help stabilize it. And probably one important point is in the middle of summer, don't lock the oil up in a, in a tin shed um, in the middle of, of, of sunlight. Yeah, just make sure there's, there's airflow. Um, and the, the oil is, is very stable and it just depends on everyone's environment, the airflow that it has and yeah, for their specific situation. Brian, let's compare a, a customer or, or a listener at the moment that's feeding flax seeds or, or linseeds, which are ground. Um, as a measure, how many mil of sen oil is an equivalent to a cup of linseeds? Yeah, so you've got, you've got roughly 160 grams of linseeds in a cup, and that, can, that approximately equals 50, 55 mils of sen oil, the oil amount. And I think it's worthwhile explaining that the ground linseeds would only be around about 40% fat. So if you're looking as a comparison for omega-3, you're comparing linseeds when the ground are 40% fat to a sen oil, which is 100% fat. So you're going to have to feed quite a lot more to get the same omega-3 benefit. Yeah, and also the oil is more convenient to feed because you're not wasting your time or you're not taking the time to, to grind every day fresh because 
you need to stabilize it otherwise the omega-3 starts oxidizing it can be oxidized in heat air or light so yeah you'll just lose those levels each when it's exposed to those conditions i think for our listeners that do feed sort of linseeds it's it's paramount that they do grind them every single day because if they grind them today and then leave it for the next two three days um, it can become extremely toxic and you can do a lot of damage to your horse. Yeah, just the oxidation of the omega-3s, it, it creates free radicals in the body, which is not, not what you want in the horse and can be can have a lot of negative health effects. Plus also, I think the, the linseeds that are on the market for animal use, it's an inferior quality, like in terms of it's, it's sort of second grade, third grade, it's not the premium sort of linseeds that, that we use for the sand oil. So the omega-3 might not even be as high because it is an animal grade linseed. We take the guesswork out of it. So we're giving you the assurance that the omega-3 is there in a stable form, in a convenient form, and it's gonna be in a highly beneficial form for your horse. So Brian, um, about fish oil for horses, I know that in the wild, horses don't go out into the ocean or into rivers and, and you know jump out and catch fish and eat them. So how does that sort of work in terms of feeding fish oil to, to horses? Yeah, so when we look at fish oil, it is highly unpalatable for horses and he, unless it's heavily processed, like deodorized or has added flavors or vegetable oils to mask the rancid fish smell, it's, it's very hard for the horse to take. So horses evolved on grass and not fish and a plant-based source is aligning with nature and that's the way we intend everything. Plus, when you look at fish oil, the degree of quality that is going around, we just couldn't guarantee like that we could keep the quality up. Well, this is why if you look, um, if you go to any sort of you know chemist or, or sort of pharmacy, all the fish oil that is sold to humans is always in capsule form, um, purely because I think it's like you said, just the stench and the yeah. smell of it. I, I very seldom see see a fish oil in a bottle that you can actually put on a spoon and sort of take it yourself. Yeah, and also like some of them add garlic to master smell and there is recent research to suggest that garlic does have an effect or does have a negative effect on the red blood cells in horses. So that's another aspect. I think also depending on, on where the fish oil sort of comes from, um, whether the fish has been caught um, you know, from a farm or whether there's, you know, there's mercury, you know, involved. It's just, it's a big guessing game. Yeah, the, he the heavy metals and horses, yeah, did not evolve in that way. So Brian, I think we should um, briefly um, switch on to hoof health. There's a big misconception in the market where biotin seems to be the, you know, the magic bullet for, for hoof health. Um, and that's not necessarily the truth. It is important, it needs to be there, but it's not the end of all. Basically, fat is, is a missing link. So maybe, Brian, you can just explain how fat and omega-3 benefits the hoof. Yeah, so omega-3 fatty acids, they're really important for the shine and slick-looking surface in the hoof, and it brings about a network of fats and waxes for the hoof health. So omega-3 is essential in the diet to maintain, you would say, the glue holding the hoof together, and this keeps environmental moisture out and the critical tissue moisture in because it is a full living uh, organ and it's full of blood vessels and it needs omega-3 to thrive. So Brian, um, is, is the senol safe to feed to laminitis horses? Yeah, so the nutrient profile of senol is no sugar and no starch. So essentially it is safe for laminitic prone horses. And the only thing you have to watch is the calorie intake and 
making sure that they don't pile on the pounds or, or go overweight. So it's probably best for, for any listeners out there that have got a laminated course to, to maybe contact us. We, we do offer a free diet analysis. Um, so we could go through the whole diet and just see once the oil is introduced, what we might have to back down because you don't want too much calories in, 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 in a laminated courses diet. Yeah, and the additional anti-inflammatory properties is really good in the laminated horse setting or laminated prone horse. So what amounts per day would you feed scent oil? So in a, in a maintenance, what we do is we roughly go off the horse's body weight. So 10 mils of scent oil per 100 kg body weight per day. Which will be 50 mil for a 500 kilogram horse. Yeah, that's correct. And then depending on the workload and also if you're wanting to put on weight, so more calories in and less work, then you'll just increase it according to your horse. I think the take home message is, is if, if someone's got a horse and they're really happy with, with the way that it's looking, um, the way that it's acting, but they do want to introduce a good source of omega-3 like the sand oil and they did want to balance their, their calories, um, it's good then to knock back some of the, the hard feed that the horse is getting and replace that with fat. Um, and as we said previously in the podcast, that roughly about 100 ml of oil is about 300 to 350 grams of, of a hard feed. So if someone's feeding one kilograms of a hard feed product, then you knock that back down to 700 grams if you're going to add 100 ml of oil. 100%. The, the calories are then matched and then the horse will thrive with the added omega-3 needed because horses can't make their own omega-3 and they should be able to, they need to be sourced in the diet. And also what we mean basically in terms of the workload, like light work, sort of moderate work to, to heavy work, all that work is going to differ depending on the discipline. So like a thoroughbred racehorse will be working differently in terms of, you know, it might be on a track for 10, 15 minutes per day. An endurance horse might be working for an hour. Um, so we do recommend obviously our listeners to, to email us in or to, to send us a message, a message on Facebook um, if they did want us to, to, to look at the diet overall and balance that. Yeah. When you look at the profile of scent oil and compare it to the cooking oils, it, it is definitely the best bang for your buck. People call it the more concentrated omega-3 oil. So in terms of its quality and concentration, it's 30 times more concentrated omega-3 than rice bran oil. It's five to six times more concentrated than canola oil. It's nearly 60 times concentrated with sun, compared to sunflower oil and corn oil. So you are doing the best thing by your horse feeding the scent oil because it's all stabilized and the omega-3 levels are there. And you, and you sort of get what you pay for. Look, it might be, you know, it might be a lot more expensive than like a sunflower oil but you get so much more benefit out of it. And I mean, look, if you look at, at, a, at a flaxseed oil sort of in a, in a health food shop, a lot of those oils work out to about $40 a litre. Yeah, many have to be kept in the fridge. Correct, well. correct. And you know, with our oil, it, it works out to be about $11 a litre in, in a 20 litre drum, which, which we think is extremely good value for a, for a very high quality product that's stabilised. Yeah, and the proof is in the results that we are achieving and the feedback from many of our clients Australia-wide. So anywhere from the Australian Arabian horse champion to yearlings at yearling sales for thoroughbreds that are fetching $1.4, $1.5 million, every, all the studs, all the trainers, 
and even top level performers, they trust the quality of the scent oil. But then also pleasure horses, pony club horses, they, they benefit greatly from it. Along obviously with our, with our partner in, in our wild farm in Qatar, obviously, you know, the shake there's got multi-million dollar horses along with the stallions all the brood mares and foals and, and, and I mean, you know, they did their research and are getting very, very good results from the scent oil. So the results speak for themselves, basically, what, what Brian and I are trying to say. Yeah. So Brian, another question we get asked quite often is in regards to how does the scent oil differ from, from copra meal or even, um, even coconut oil for that matter? Yeah, so coconut meal or copra or coconut oil, it has no omega-3, that's probably the main difference and it's normally just 100% saturated fat. We get a lot of people that ask um, for an alternative to copra in particular because of the, the taste and some horses don't like it. So what would be a good alternative to this and a more healthy alternative? So basically, if our listeners are feeding copra meal, um, instead of doubling up with fat with a senol, they could remove the copra meal from their diet and replace it with senol, which is much more energy dense because it's 100% fat, where the copra meal, I'm not sure exactly off the top of my head what percentage fat it is, but it's not 100% fat. Mm. Um, and it is mainly used, you know, as around a, 10%. It's about 10% yeah. fat. So, so, so basically you've got to feed, you know, nine to 10 times more copra meal to get the equivalent fat as you do with the sen oil. Yeah, and if you're worried about, if you're feeding it for protein, I th don't think the protein quality in copra meal is, is very high. I think it's 13 or 14% yeah. max. Yeah, and a, a good alternative is cracked lupins or another protein source. Well, the cracked lupins have got you know up to 30% fat, plus you've got all the 17, 18 different amino acids as well, which, which the copra meal doesn't have. So at SEM, we do a lot of analysis of performance horse diets that people write in and ask for an assessment. And normally we will suggest an oil source if they're not already feeding one. So Peter, how are oils good in a performance horse? Um, so basically, Brian, feeding oils to racehorses was widespread in Australia sort of 30, sort of 40 years ago. And, and the biggest trainer to, to jump on board was, was Tommy, Tommy Smith, TJ Smith. Um, he used to feed a cup full, which is about 250 ml of oil to his horses daily. Um, and what this does is it actually delays the lactic acid production, um, which leads to improved stamina. And what that means is like, if you're feeding 250 ml of oil, that's the equivalent of roughly sort of 600, 650 grams of corn. And corn is very high in starch, um, which obviously, you know, increases the, the, you know, the onset of lactic acid where, where fat is obviously fat, which delays the onset of lactic acid. And what it does also, oil has a glucosparing effect um, there was a study in, in 1989, which is going back before we were born. I'm no, just joking. <laughs> um, a study in 1989 showed that horses receiving oil every day, um, what they did is they replenished their glycogen in their muscle fibers more rapidly and at a higher level after fast work. Um, the study also showed that oil-fed horses broke down more glycogen during the race and broke it down at a rapid rate. Yeah, so they give more power. And, and this, Brian, also can be, can be put into, um, into perspective for endurance horses, where you know, there's a lot of stamina involved. And, and you know, if an endurance horse is on 250 mil, um, it's going to just make that work a lot more, more efficient. Yeah, 100%. And another thing to remember is it's not just any oil these days. We've evolved from feeding those cooking oils and the ones with the incorrect omega profiles. So by getting a high omega-3 oil like sen oil into performance setting, 
you're going to have a better anti-inflammatory properties through the horse and that's giving a two-pronged attack um, in terms of their health so you've got the cool source of energy plus the anti-inflammatory properties additionally to the performance advantage with feeding oils to horses people also notice and even scientific settings that an improvement in temperament can be seen so you get a horse that's more willing to work and that it's not on a sugar high or mentally unstable from the insulin spikes yeah because that's a really quick release energy isn't it brian when when that with the starchy feeds and, and all that sugar that just explodes and then a horse starts rearing and bucking and, and and it's just out of control and dangerous yeah and i think another aspect of feeding oils to horses is some people get them confused with calories in and calories out so we do get people saying i've added an oil to my diet and my horse is like off its head and it's a different type of like every horse is different and it's a different type of energy it's more so the horse must be feeling better but also you've got to adjust your other calorie sources down because it is providing another calorie source yes it's giving more energy so basically what brian's trying to say is that if you're feeding x amount kilograms of a particular feed and then you add another you know you add 100 mil of senol that's one kilogram plus another 300 grams of energy source with the oil now so if, you know of course the horse is going to be feeling good yeah and, and you've got to adjust down so that equivalent amount of calories and if you need help with that we, we do free diet analysis and we, we can incorporate the best amount or and an amount into your diet so you're not doubling up or overdoing the calories in yeah, it's just getting that balance right between fat, fiber, obviously, you know, carbohydrates and all the vitamins and minerals. Yeah, it's a cool source of energy, so it should not make the horse hot and it has no sugar or no starch in the profile. So With all the healthy omega-3s. Yeah. So, Brian, um, for any of our listeners out there that might be wanting to add the senol into their diet, obviously, apart from our, from our free diet analysis, um, can you maybe just let them know what the process should be? Yeah, when adding oil or fat into the diet, it needs to be done in a gradual basis. So half the recommended feed rate per day, because that's how the horse is going to digest and adjust to those levels and get like accustomed to the fat levels. Otherwise, yeah, too quickly, it will not be digested well enough and then it'll end up in the manure. So also when adding fat as an energy source, it takes roughly four to six weeks for any benefits in the physical activity because then the body adapts to using fat as a form of energy so that's a great point so for our listeners there if if you know if anyone's expecting results within a week it's just not going to happen so this is why we recommend at least a month um, for the oil to obviously start you know well for the horse's body to start using the oil as as energy so four to six weeks is what we recommend um but, but nothing less sort of than four weeks. Yeah, 100%. So Brian, just to summarize this podcast, let's maybe just go through some of the, some of the benefits of the sen oil. Yeah, so sen oil is a very good source of calories and a cool source of calories that can really help in overall body condition or as a source of energy when the horse is in work. So basically it doesn't create the insulin sort of highs and lows of a, of a grain-based product. Yeah, you'll avoid negative behavior from those sugar highs from from grain also the second point brian it um it provides structure to the cell membranes yeah so it's very important for nearly every membrane in the body and when you get a healthy 
healthy fat profile, like one in high omega-3, it's less reactive or less inflammatory. This is a very interesting one. It serves as a carrier for fat-soluble nutrients. Yeah, so it actually helps absorb like vitamin A, D, E, and K, and other antioxidants in the, in the feed. So when fed with your hard feed, it's a good carrier for these vitamins and antioxidants. Brian, it also supplies essential fatty acids. Yeah, that the horse can't produce and on its own, so they must be supplied in the diet and they're the omega-3 and omega-6. It also reduces the circulating cortisol levels associated with stress and exercise, so they'll be able to handle being put or asked to work or be in a, in a non-familiar environment. And just touching on it, it also delays the onset of lactic acid um, and fatigue. So basically what, what that means is it limits the anaerobic carbohydrate metabolism during exercise, um, which results in, in less lactic acid production and better muscle glycogen utilization. Yeah, so really good for horses, particularly endurance horses, and any of them really in training, but yeah, particularly in those endurance. Well, any horse that's, that's worked for an extended period of time where, where that onset of lactic acid sort of kicks in and then the horse sort of hits the wall. Um, it's also great, obviously, to prevent injuries because you don't want to push a horse above its limits where it starts changing their stride or if they're jumping, they start you know, favouring one side or the other because they're getting tired. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is a very safe way to feed a high-fat diet just to delay that onset um, of lactic acid. Yeah, fatigue is one of the biggest causes of injury in a horse. So... When they lose that action, yeah, you're in greater risk. Thanks everyone for listening to the podcast on Sen Oil. If you like what you hear, please share with your family and friends. And if you've got any questions, we can be contacted through our website or on our social media, Facebook and Instagram. We'll be back with another podcast very soon. Have a great day.